Welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I am the DJ, and with me today I have Buck. Hello. How's it going, Buck? I'm fabulous. You're always fabulous. No, sometimes I say marvellous. Sometimes I say fantastic. Oh, that's so good, man. That's so good. What, 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 what are you fabulous about this time? Um, well, life's good. Um, I live in the greatest country on the planet, Australia. Um, I'm studying and swamped with assignments i'm alive i'm healthy i just had a great cup of tea and i'm here with you guys doing another episode oh i feel so touched and humbled i i I didn't lay a hand on him folks (laughs) the only person who touches the dj is the dj (laughs) oh god (laughs) uh and also with me today after professor all right. He hasn't, tu- he hasn't touched him either, folks. Remember, if the DJ turns up in a ditch, it wasn't me. Or me. <laughs> How you go, Professor? Well, apart from a very unfortunate incident involving a uh, brand new um, Radiant 7 out of the box, pretty good. Oh, what did you do? It kind of got minorly broken. Cash black. Yeah. So this is so, the most expensive computer build I've ever done. So was it was it just a, 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 a bugger moment, or was it a, a bugger and tears coming down slowly? It was a scream at the heavens moment. <laughs> That's going to cost you. <laughs> it did. Oh, man. And how? And let me ask: the trip to the computer shop after breaking it must have been not worth it. Well, yeah, I got the same checkout guy I had the day before when I picked up my first one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you the look, didn't he? Uh, he kind of laughed at it with me or at me. <laughs> it was oh. awful. I'm feeling your pain here, and it wasn't even me that dropped it. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, stop embarrassing me, DJ. <laughs> Anyways, um, so our first topic for today is, Buck, you've got a story about um, Spaceport America. I have. Spaceport America is no longer a dream. It's, it is no longer an empty hangar. It is actually becoming operational they've got virgin galactic has moved in it has space tourism pretty much ready to get kicking off so yeah like um there's space behind two massive sliding doors that can accommodate two of virgin galactic's carrier planes inside the big shiny super sexy building that puts nasa to shame and there's photos in the article you've got here well, they got a lot of um, visitors walking around Spaceport America in it's Upham, New Mexico. So, yeah. And I was reading just before, they've, they've actually had a touchdown with the plane and the control center has moved in and are and ready to go. They've got 600 people have reserved a seat. So, What's the price of a seat on one of our flights these days? $250,000. 
Oh, damn, if I, uh, if I hadn't broken that CPU, I'd be only $249,500 off that. That's a, yeah. very, that's a very spicy meatball. There's always a weirdo in every crowd, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, the interesting thing with this is um, Richard Branson was apparently told by Donald Trump that he's not a real billionaire because he was involved in aircrafts air, air and airlines. And, um, yeah, I think 600 people at $250,000 is quite a chunk of pocket change for just one of his many subsidiaries. I mean, if people want to pay me 250000 I'll dress up as an alien for them. Or a penguin. There are no penguins in space. Yes, they are. They've got spaceships. That's how they got here. <laughs> but um, there's also, I was looking at some of the bits and pieces with um, people who have been a little bit concerned because there was the first experimental craft that broke apart in 2014 um, during a test flight that killed the co-pilot. But they've continued on and, yeah, apparently everything's all operating properly and running well. well that's great to hear. So could you see this as the, sp- the start of Space Race 2.0? Um, probably more like Space Race 5.3 because 2.0 would have been the dogs being sent to space, wouldn't it, After or was it the chimps? Well, like how the dog was the first uh, living creature in space so, that we know of. So, yeah, that would have been 2.0 because they had um, the Sputnik and other unmanned satellites that were sent out. And then they had the dogs being sent into outer space, and then they had the chimps, and then they had the other chimps that were called spacemen. And then we've got the, what the all the other bits and pieces that have been happening. We've got to be up to like five point three or something by now. Yeah. But hey, this is going to put some pressure on Elon Musk to get a rocket to the moon. Um, I saw a great photo today of two of the uh, SpaceX astronauts doing a, a drill in the um, the Dragon 2 capsule. Mm-hmm. So hopefully soon we'll see people into space. Yay. So I'm I'm actually just looking at a photo here of the runway, and I have to say that is one extremely long stretch of concrete. Can, yeah, because they landed like a plane. Yeah. Can you imagine in the moon having a, um, a lunar theme park like in, like in Futurama, for example? We're a few years off that. But give them time. I'm sure they'll have something up there to keep people busy and occupied. Well, they Take have on. Uh, all the seasons of Firefly on the ISS. Well, at least they've got taste. But instead of having Lunar Park, wouldn't they call it um, Earth Park or something like that? Yeah, very good at Lunar Park, yeah. Then you can um, experience the wonders of full gravity. So, yeah. But this is like... I'm just looking at some of the stat- information in relation to this place, and it is just getting so cool. I'm looking at a couple of extra articles, sorry. But, yeah. But still, like, what? what imagine what, like, 250000 that's economy class. I wonder how much it would cost just to get, like, first class or something. Or... Um, I don't think it's broken up into economy and first class yet. You're paying $250,000 for a seat. You're going to be going in style. Man, I wonder what, what the features would be like, though, for $250,000 seat. What do you reckon is on the in-flight menu? Um, I haven't actually even given that a thought. Actually, there's a really interesting episode of, uh, I think it's Heston's Mission Impossible, or one of his other shows, where he makes a meal for an astronaut. And yeah. he has to take into account how 
in space, your head swells up and blocks your sinuses. Yep. So you and all the bacon pieces. Smell, so he had to put in lots of strong taste. Yep. I remember. I actually saw that one. Yeah, his uh, first shipment was on one of those SpaceX rockets that blew up. Ouch. Yeah. But um, I'm looking on the Virgin Galactic website, and I can't see exactly what you get for your money, apart from a trip into low Earth orbit. Well, come on, Richard. How am I going to know if I want to invest in this if I <laughs> they don't do, know what the in-flight menu is? They do. Well, they've got a um, VR v- interactive exploration thing to go and check out. So, can you imagine the um, um, in-flight movies? Um, honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't think you'd be watching a movie. I reckon it'd be more a matter if you'd be looking out the window. Yeah, Virgin flights are uh, just going to be really short-term hops, basically. Yeah, that's true. It's literally just tourism. They take you up, let you float around for a little bit, then bring you back down. But even if it was going to be for half a day or something like that, I don't think there's going to be many people who wouldn't be glued to the window for the first two dozen times. Yeah. Just because of the fact that even the guys who fly the SR-71 who go up close to the similar levels, they've always found it to be the most amazing thing and they, they still get gobsmacked. The one thing that's going to puzzle me is how much um how Only much of that thing. how much of that money is going to be coming back to the um going to the government in terms of taxes and whatnot. Um honestly it's probably that's something I hadn't thought of at all. Cuz it's going to be a lot of money imagine just for the fuel <laughs> fuel excises and whatnot just to just to launch into space. Well that's the reason why they got the launch system the way they have because it's from the plane. So it actually takes off from a double-bodied plane and gets up to a pretty decent height and then it drops off the um, shuttle that then blasts off into the outer atmosphere and then comes back down and lands. Hmm, cool, cool. So, um, so anyways, uh, moving along, Professor, you've got a story about... The uh, changes to, to the Steam release date system. Yep. So there's been a bit of an issue with the Steam release system where developers would game the system by changing their release date every week or so so that they would stay in the coming soon window, even if their game didn't come out for months or years. But they've just gone through the other day and put in an update so that every game can't... Um, has to be approved by Valve before you can change your release date. And they will follow you up if it's getting close to your release date to remind you that it's coming up and you need to be ready. So is how's GlobalCon going to respond to that? How's what, sorry? CitizenCon. Star Citizen, okay. sorry. Good question. <laughs> CitizenCon. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. <laughs> well, luckily it doesn't sell on Steam, so they can get away with that. Ah, oh, dang. <laughs> Who would have thought about that? Well, obviously I did. <laughs> so does that mean Buck's smarter than your average bear? I'd like to say so. Here's the thing, though. Like, it, it almost sounds like a uni student assignment, just like, okay, um, okay, game developer, how are you going with your assignment? You still haven't done it yet? Okay, we're, gonna, um, we're still going to monitor your work. Well, the thing is, uni assignments have due dates. Yeah, everyone's pushing it back. Unless you're a special case. I have heard of someone who had something like that, apparently. They apparently had kidney stones and a lot of other personal issues. Um, so what? Uh, how's that going to affect um, gaming overall? 
in a in a sense. Well, it improves the uh, searchability of the Steam store. A couple of weeks ago, I had that article about how hard it is to be noticed on the Steam mm-hmm. store because there's so many games coming out. So this will clean up some of the clutter from people abusing the system. It also and... means they're going to have to get their act together, so stuff's actually coming out quicker. Yeah, but then with the whole stuff, well, then with that mentality though, wouldn't that just um, wouldn't that put emphasis on the crunch a- aspect though? Because they just want to get the project done as soon as possible, so they just have the crunch mentality in. Well, it's not that you can't change the day. It's that you can't do it too often, or Valve will get on to you about it and probably ban you from the store because. It's fine to have delays and change the day. It's not fine to abuse it so you get free marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe we should advertise on Steam. <laughs> so what happens to Steam's um the green light system? So is it that so are they basically eliminating that system or are they still Well, green light changed quite a bit a while back. I don't remember all the changes. But um I think it might have ended the program. I've just pulled up Steam and I can't see it there. But those games also never had to have a planned release date. The point of Greenlight was that if you had the um, if you had the popularity, you could get voted on to Steam, and Steam would make a deal with you for distribution. Oh yeah, the, um, the Greenlight system has been um, yeah taken out. Yeah, they took it out last year, uh, two years ago. Yeah, I remember now from June in 2017. And it looks like they plan to bring in Steam Direct, which I'm not seeing any obvious links to in the, uh, the store. But to be honest, I never used many of those features. I like the um, picture at the end of the article there where it's saying, you should be pretty sure, certain that your new date is the date you will release. Yeah, yeah, they don't want people messing around with them anymore. Is that the... Is that a similar system what Epic Game Store has as well, or is it a different system? They don't have a system like this at all, as far as I know. That's going to be... Uh, yeah, a lot of features that Steam's added recently that Epic don't have yet. Mm-hmm. I, I even found out today that now you can mark games as something you've played on another platform. So it won't show up in your store advertisements, but it will still um, get the... It will wait your advertising to help pick games that you'll like. Mm. Well, it's good to see that they're um, trying to make sure that they're keeping people honest. Yeah. I like one person's um, comment Comment on it. Um, quote, it frustrates us for the same reasons it frustrates you. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> so how's it going to affect the, um, it, the average game developer? The average game developer isn't scummy in trying to advertise for free and rip off the rip off gamers. The average game developer just wants to make their game, get it out there, have a fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I doubt it was ever that many people abusing the system, but it was still enough people that it was a huge issue because the um, the coming soon page isn't that big. You can only like people's interest will fall off the further down the list they have to go to find a game. So. But I don't know also... how many spots, like 10 or 20 spots, are the only spots that people will actually pay attention to. But wouldn't that also de- wouldn't that be also dependent on who the studio, what studio is making the games? Like if it was EA, for example, and they abuse the come soon system, then no, 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 it's, they're not abusing it. It was a surprise mechanism. <laughs> uh... 
But they've got like I'm looking at some of the bits here with like Mike Rose was raising the question about how some of the people are doing and stuff. Is, is it just that they're being lazy, not achieving the deadline, or they're having other issues, or are they abusing it to um, gain that promotional advantage? But yeah, but then yeah, they've got um, Tom Giardino. He's saying, well, it was a big topic of discussion and it's frustrating them. So they're really like they're really kicking back at it and trying to fix it. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day it's gonna affect the it's gonna affect gamers and game developers alike. Oh really? <laughs> the biggest no. online game store does something that affects gamers and game developers. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And for the next most crazy comment, DJ, what else you got for us? <laughs> so I've got a story about the boys. So it's a what? comic, the boys. Oh. <laughs> so I've got a story about the boys and how they're being introduced into comic, into TV. So for those who haven't heard about the boys, it's basically an anim- um, American comic book series uh, written by Garth Innes, who's famous for his works such as um, Preacher. And it was originally published by Wildstorm before moving to Dynamite Entertainment. And the story of the boys is basically set in the universe where the superheroes are basically acting like jerks behind the scenes, but in the but on the scenes they act like good guys. And the, the series primarily focuses on two groups, which are the boys, who are vigilantes looking to keep the corrupted heroes under control, and Seven, the Seven. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's um. So the the story the story is basically saying it's a battle of two tribes. One tribe is um one tribe of hero. One tribe is um form is led by an arrogant superhero who's unstable and egotistical, and the other one he just hates superheroes in general. So so, so it's um you're saying it's a story of two tribes go to war. Yeah, I can see a song coming out of that. <laughs> really? What what song have you? What song are you thinking about? Um, two tribes go to war. There's actually it is actually a song from the eighties. I can't remember the actual proper name for it, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, for the TV series, it's um, looking at two people. For example, one is Huey Campbell of the Boys, who joins the vigilante group um, after his girlfriend is killed in a high-speed collision, and Annie January, also known as Starlight of the Seven, who is a young and hopeful heroine forced to face the truth about heroes who she admire. And that's in, that's I, I like that style, like different the story at two different angles mm-hmm. and it's good to see how you're seeing like in these these types of indie comics coming into amazon and netflix and whatnot like it, like we constantly see like marvel and dc uh, appearing on ap- appearing on te- television it's good to see like these types of show coming up coming ahead mm-hmm. I, I i've actually watched some of it and um yeah that it is actually pretty there's some very funny parts in there. Um, the leader of the superheroes is called Homeland, and he's he's the Superman knockoff. But then they have an Aquaman knockoff who's a bit of a sleaze bag. <laughs> so Homelander is just a retarded Superman. Then. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Kind of. Like he's he's a, he's a crossover between a, a evil Superman and Superman. <laughs> Oh, and man. there is a plot twist that you have to watch the show to get, but it's a bit of a zinger. Yeah, I think it's cool to see like indie comics rising up in in 
in the light of what we're seeing with Marvel and DC going on. Like Marvel is just becoming I don't know what's it becoming. I'm I'm just losing faith in the comic book scene itself. Um DC, there are some good moments to it. I will say that, but I know in the big picture sense it's not doing well for the comic books in general. So but it's like I said, it's good to see like um indie comics coming back coming back up. Mm-hmm. Um you were yeah, I was just saying it is. Yeah. But um Buck, you said you saw the episodes. Um what's who's your favorite character in that series? Um well Starlight's pretty cool, but um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. There's one of the guys in The Boys who starts off, he's kind of like your D&D hero who's this tiny little weakling, but he um, and he's beaten told he's got no fight and all that, but he ends up, he's the constant hero that keeps making things happening. So to give one little bit of the plot away, they actually kill a superhero. They kill one of the seven. Oh. The way they do it, is kind of disconcerting. Mate, why would I... I wouldn't even watch it now. He just ruined it for me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Trust me. It's... You, you'll still enjoy it. Because it the way the way they kill him... Yeah. Put it this way. He's got diamond skin that makes oh. him invisible. Oh, uh, you know, that reminds me of... And he's invincible. So, like, you can shoot him. It doesn't do anything. But they managed to knock him out and kidnap him. And then they kill him at the very end of it. Damn. Well, not at the end of the series, that, that, that series, but yeah, they meant. Have you ever been... seen uh, Danger Five? Um, I think so. Do you remember the episode where the uh, Hitler's bodyguards were using diamond dust to become immortal? Yes, that's all I could think of. DJ, have you seen Danger Five? Nope, I haven't seen that show at all. You are living life wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> but it's basically a really cheesy, um, like nineteen sixties spy movie parody. It's got uh, stuff like Hitler building a uh, a battle mech out of world wonders. You don't see that in your comic books, do you? Actually, yes, you do, because wasn't that originally a comic book or a graphic novel? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. Oh, it was originally. <laughs> and this is the this is the part where the professor knew he screwed up. No, it's original. It's still original. I know, but he just he didn't know it was uh, from a comic. <laughs> oh. Did you? Yeah, I vaguely knew it. <laughs> really? Vaguely. So you haven't seen it. You don't know what it is, but you know it's not. It's a comic or not. Well, I did see the odd of Danger 5 on a news agency once upon a time, but I didn't look to read it. Once again, you were living life wrong. <laughs> but man, look, oh, it's as I said, like it's good to see like all these indie comics coming back up, like coming into the medium of of um screen TV and movies. Like, what was the, when was the last time you ever saw an indie comic? Like, ever since Watchmen. Like, when was the last time you ever saw a movie based on an indie comic? I mean, who made the Doom comics? The Doom comics? Yeah. You know, Doom. Uh, you mean Doom the game or Doom the Doom the comics? The, who made the Doom comics? What do you think I mean? <laughs> well, I didn't know there was such a thing as Doom comics. I, I knew there was Doom as in the game. Oh, you're the comic expert, are you? <laughs> and you don't know that there's Doom comics... No, I didn't know there was Doom Comics. 
What's next? You don't know who bloody Justice League is? Hey, 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 hey. I do know who the Justice League is. I don't believe you. Yeah, I do know who the Justice League is. What are you on about? So what year did, um, or something you were talking about, Watchmen come out? That was 2009. Yeah, that's right. 2009. So you're saying there's no indie comics before 2009? I, I meant the indie comics to movies. You're saying there's no indie comic movies before 2009? Not really, I can think of. You're a Spawn fan, aren't you? Yeah. You know that was a movie in 1997? Yeah, but it wasn't really, like, it didn't, like, Watchmen wasn't, didn't, it wasn't as popular as Watchmen was. Like, when Watchmen came out, it was just, it just, the popularity just blew up, blew up to the point where people were saying, I want to read the Watchmen comics. What about Men in Black, Judge Dredd, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? See, I didn't know League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was a comic initially. <gasps> How could you not? You know everything. <laughs> I, okay, I've seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I have not read the comics until a couple of years back, which I did not. I did not know there was a comic at initially. Men in Black. I did realize that I did know there was a comic few years after after men in black 2 when i did more when i looked digged into it a bit more i didn't couldn't find them actually which was really weird but i did watch the movie and the cartoon series which was the, the cartoon series were pretty funny if you ever watch them and what, what, I'm, how am i digging i'm just yeah I, I, all i'm saying is like it's cool to see these um see indie comics is exploding back back up again ever since watchmen well they've always been there like not everyone's a Marvel hippie like some people. My point is, like the interest is come, the interest is back, like for indie comics. Like it's never gone away. It's always been there. Adam's family. Adam's family was a comic. Are you just looking through Wikipedia, Professor, just to find just just to find something? Yes, and I'm enjoying it because you've got to go back and put through all of these. <laughs> Do you, okay, okay. Here's one. Did you know Richie Rich was a comic? Yes, I did. Yes. And Riverdale. Yes. But which who's, who's, which one said yes? Buck or Professor? We both did. Ah. <laughs> What's another one? God, we're so glad. I remember this reading song. Archie years ago. Like God, I only really we... read one issue of it, but when I heard about Riverdale being based on Archie, I was like, I vaguely know that. Mm-hmm. I used to read Archie when I was a kid. Did you know yeah. Peanuts and Snoopy were originally a, a comic book? <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. We I, didn't have to, I didn't have to look at Wikipedia for that. <laughs> Alien vs. Predator was a comic first. Mm-hmm. We are so going to edit this, aren't we? No. No, not. <laughs> you you charged in there. Oh, <laughs> we definitely gotta edit this. <laughs> oh man! No, we're gonna leave it there. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a comic, and then it was a hugely successful movie and TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffy. 
I thought the Buffy. I thought the Buffy comics was after the TV series. No. Huh. Because they made the movie before the TV series, and the TV series was the uh, movie was based on the um, comics. You want me to keep scrolling? Oh, yeah. Barbarella was a comic before. I was a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so, are we, are we gonna really play this game of, uh, of, of which one? Which one we know of? Well, so far I haven't actually had to go and look at Wikipedia. Do you really uh, know what it's? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that the one. Mask. Yeah. The, the shadow. Yeah, I've seen the movie for that too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, pretty cool. The shadow knows. So, do you know what? Um... Do you know comics, CJ? Do you really? <laughs> Are we really going to play that game, Professor? <laughs> Annie was a comic. You finally was... saw that Wikipedia, didn't you, Professor? That was after the book, though. Um, okay, well, this, this article <laughs> will only list the comic. <laughs> like I said, we are so going to edit this out. Because <laughs> Annie's based on Little Orphan Annie, which was also a mu- turned into a musical and a movie. Yeah, what was with uh, movies about orphans getting kidnapped back then? Annie, Stuart Little. You forgot Oliver Twist. Stuart Little was uh, a mouse. Yeah, but he's also an orphan. Mm. And there's some debate about whether he was actually a mouse or whether he was just a horribly mutated child. Ah, Like the DJ. (laughs) <laughs> oh really? <laughs> really? We're gonna put that on. You're gonna put that on me, pref- Bucky. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it was me. Yeah, seemed a bit uncertain there. <laughs> we are so gonna edit this. No, I'm in charge of editing. Good luck. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's gonna be a fun top, fun show to watch. Um. Anyways, uh, moving along. So, what games have you been playing? Buck? Um, I'm still on Company of Heroes 2. I've eased back my gaming. but And I'm, yeah, I'm getting through the Russian front quite well. I'm doing the Battle of Snipers and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been... It's a, it's a very slow tactical game doing the campaign because you've got to build up your resources and troops. Uh, are the hero units in Company of Heroes? Um, yes and no. Uh, I was going to ask if... Uh... Who was that, that sniper girl who was like 18 years old and had 50 confirmed kills or something? Ah, uh, I, I can't remember her name. I think. Yeah. No, your snipers generally are female though. So, yeah. So when you click on a sniper unit, they usually move in pairs. And, um, yeah, like I had to – I finished off one battle and I was moving into the next section and I had to face the German snipers controlling the area. I had to go hunt them down. So I got the resources together and I sent out um, a group of four pairs of snipers and moved them into position. And, yeah, it was actually quite interesting because a whole squad of um, German soldiers moved into the kill zone that I had set up. And, yeah, it was quite interesting to watch an I've, entire squad suddenly just get mown down like they were being taken out by a machine gun. I've got the name. It's uh, Ludmila Pavlichenko. Yeah, she's the most famous one. I feel like there was... a. Uh... Lesser known one I heard about the other day. It was like her birthday or something, so someone posted on Reddit, but I can't remember which one that was. And oh, you mean um, very similar. So I've got another one. I think this might be the one that you're talking about. Uh, Rosa Shanina. That might be it. The fifty-nine kills. Yeah, that sounds about right. I I still like um Vasily, who is the character from um, Enemy at the Gates. 
but he was actually a real proper sharpshooter. He was um, the greatest sniper from of all times, from what I can remember. If you want a really was, good... Uh, Simo Heia from Finland. That's the one I was talking about, yeah. Simo Heia, man, the White Death. God, that guy is that guy can kill anything. Well, if you learn how to shoot properly, um, yeah, you generally can. Um, yeah, yeah Vasily Zaitsev um, killed 225 soldiers, including 11 snipers during the Battle of Stalingrad. And that would have been rough even, like, not in Stalingrad. Yeah, and half of those shots, he didn't have, have a scope on his rifle. Yeah, they were all iron sights. Not, yeah. not all of them, because he managed to... He um, eventually got given a scope by the Russian army, and then he killed a few German snipers and managed to get their scopes. Uh, I've heard that uh, a lot of World War II snipers didn't like using scopes because you had to get higher off the ground to use it and it would um, give you a bigger silhouette. Yeah, well, for um, Vasily, it was more a matter of um, he learned to shoot from his grandfather, who was a wolf hunter in Siberia. So, yeah, he, he literally learned how to shoot with one shot, one yeah. kill, or you're dead. Yeah, Simo Hire as well said, like, um, he didn't he did not have any prior training with scoped rifles and therefore preferred not to switch to the Soviet scoped rifles. He would frequently mm-hmm. pack dense mounds of snow in front of the, in front of his position to conceal himself, provide padding for his rifle, and reduce the characteristics puff of snow um, yep. stirred up by the muzzle. And um, he would eat snow to cool his mouth down so he wouldn't uh, give off fog. Yeah. And um, um, I remember Vasily Saitsev used to, like, I was, like they say about it in the movie, but I was reading about him once. He actually went and hid in the in a location where the Russians were trying to storm against the Germans and they just couldn't manage to get there. So he snuck out there two days beforehand and hid underneath a tarpaulin next to some dead bodies and just waited. And then after the conflict, he was sitting there watching and waiting just because he was chasing a particular German sniper. Wow. And he knew that this German sniper was coming through this one particular area because of the dust on his boots. And spies had given them the heads up that that's where he was coming through. See, he literally laid there for like three or four days. And this was like freezing cold temperatures and everything like that. So, yeah, definitely you, an absolute legend. Oh, man. Can you imagine? You remember those old shows, um, Ultimate Warrior, I think it's called? Yeah, this guy would, these, these guys back then would have put them to shame. Oh, man. Like the, the, the snipers and all that from the Soviets and the Finnish and the Norwegians and all that, they're, they're the truly hardcore, be respectful yeah. guys. Was it Ultimate Warrior? Oh. Deadliest Warrior, that's one. Yeah, imagine Deadliest Warrior. My God, those two, imagine a, a duel between those two snipers. That would have been. <laughs> well, have you seen that? Have you actually seen the movie Enemy at the Gates? Uh, I saw half of it, but yeah, it didn't. The, the legend for Vasily Saitsev is. He was actually one of the, the troops that he just turned up and was being sent as part of the mass approach to try and retake Stalingrad under Order 227, I think it was, but where it was, if you retreat, you are shot. So his, his first taste of being sent into combat in Stalingrad was he was given a, a, handful, a handful of ammo bullets and told to follow the guy in front. When that guy dies, he can pick up his gun and keep shooting. So he wasn't even given a gun when he was first sent into his first engagement. Yeah, I've heard those crazy stories. Yeah. So that's the gameplay that I'm playing in at the moment. Is not as It's not all just snipers, but um, I'm making good use of the snipers. 
Alright, Professor, what have you been playing? I have been playing... I haven't played it in a couple of days, and I completely forgot what it was I played this week. Oh, <laughs> um, this game, Zombicide Invader. Oh, is this one you sent us the picture with um, the legend? Yes, yeah, Robo Stephen Hawking. It's a, um, a spin-off of the Zombicide series of board games. This one's set in space. So there's um, levels where you need to find an oxygen tank before you can go outside. Um, sci-fi weapons, the sci-fi stuff like. I was um, I was playing as Stephen Hawking, who is called Doctor Falconer, and <laughs> I was also playing as a um, a Doc Brown knockoff called Doctor What. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> you can't just repeat the same joke, DJ. Oh. What? They're oh, all okay. bastards. <laughs> I am not. My mum and dad were married. <laughs> and, uh, I reckon it's a lot harder than the other side game because um, for a long time, my friends and I would play Black Plague without the full complement of uh, characters we were supposed to have because mm-hmm. we didn't realise that if you don't have six players, you're supposed to take over multiple characters at once to bring it up. And we were doing that the other night, but we still got horribly, horribly beaten up. This is the one um, we played it, didn't we? Yeah, we played uh, Zombie Side. They called it Season 1. Okay. Which is, it feels very rough compared to Black Plague and Vader. Mm-hmm. But they made, I think, two seasons of modern Zombie Side, which are set in the modern times with guns and all of that. Then there's Black Plague, which is uh, fantasy. And Invader, which is sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, I still remember running around with the um, twin machine guns. Yes, Doug <laughs> the hero. And I rem- I re- distinctly recall the professor you had rotten luck at one stage. No, no, no. You're the one who had rotten luck. We had to bail you out a number of times. Oh, that's true. But then the professor once um, had like... Oh, he did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was probably happening while I was trying to save you. No, it was it, it was totally different. It was totally different at the time. It I was... remember the professor came and saved me though. Yeah, because I I got caught. We gotta play that again. Yeah, and we can because uh, season one is available on uh, tabletop simulator. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Well, sweet. don't you remember that's that we played a DJ? Yeah, I did. I was just letting people know if they wanted to play it, but um, it definitely feels a lot more like. A, a rough version of the newer games. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part was having a super badass um, battle bot. Like, I think I only killed one or two zombies with uh, personal weapons. The rest of them were all murdered with my uh, my guard robot. See, that's something Doug didn't have. Doug yeah. just had the Doug just had twin SMGs. So as soon as they got within range, it was just shoot and kill. Each of the uh, each of the characters in Black Plague, sorry, in Invader, is a sci-fi reference. So I was Stephen Hawking and Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had <clears throat> there's a Rick and Morty um, set, including variations that are sort of parodies of them. Um, there was someone who looked a lot like Rory Batty from Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Marines. Can't remember all of them off the top of my head. There's an, my it, it looks like there's an Orc Morker. A who? You got one that looks like an Orc Morker. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different 
um, characters. The, I'm looking at the um, the miniatures. One of them looks like a dreadnought. Yeah, that, yes. that's the one I was saying. It's more like a Nork Morker, though, because it's a bit rough. Yeah, that's uh, one of the ones I was considering. And the, but the the new um, they changed the way. Oh, what did they call them? There's special zombies that can spawn who are basically boss monsters, and they change the way they work in they so they're easier to kill, but more of them can spawn. Ouch. Yeah, that's what really wrecked at the end. Definitely oh. looks like it'd be a lot of fun. It is. Oh, if Invader comes on on Tabletop Simulator, we definitely go play that one. Yeah, or I'll just steal it off my friend. Oh yes, Dr. Watt, who was a cross between Doc Brown and Dr. Octopus. He's got the uh, the robot arms. I think that was a, um, a Ripley from Aliens. Uh, the chick from Fifth Element. Lilu. I think that's her name. Okay, cool. Um, I have been playing um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I, I just love the story and the graphics. They, they just blow me away every time I play it. Sweet. Yeah, um, I'm just starting to play it again, and yeah, it's it's just fun, just, just looking at the scenery and all. So, yeah. Have you found the um, Indian graveyard? I haven't yet. I wanna. I'm gonna start finding that soon. Actually, I wanna. Re- I wanna start playing the story mode again and then find Indian graveyard later on. Okay. Okay. Anyways, um, moving on to our shoutouts. On the 10th of August, 2019, the 500th anniversary of Magellan's circumnavigation voyage. The expedition's goal was which which it accomplished was to find the western route to the Moluccas, the Spice Islands. Uh, which were later known as. Magellan left Spain on the 20th of September 1519, sailed across the Atlantic and discovered the strait that bears his name, allowing him to pass through South America into the Pacific Ocean, which he named. The fleet crossed the Pacific, stopping in the Philippines and eventually reaching the Moluccas after two years. A much-depleted crew finally returned to Spain on the 6th of September 1522. That's one heck of a journey. He definitely was, considering how many people were crammed into what was essentially a pretty tiny boat. Yeah, those ships aren't big. Especially um, when you put three, three or four hundred men on board. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know which is worse, that or being trapped in a submarine. That, because being trapped in a submarine, there's less people and you've got more room. Yeah. Uh, on the 12th of August, 1099, the first crusade battle of Asalon. Uh, Crusaders under the command of Godfrey of Bullion defeated uh, Fatimid forces led by Al-Afdal Shahasar. Oh, this is going to be funny. (laughs) This is considered the last engagement of the First Crusade, and it's commonly believed to be the result of computer games, but it's unproven. Yeah, those computer games are always causing all the violence and everything (laughs) in the world. (sighs) Kingdom Come Deliverance was it. Gave their time. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally was a training game for them. Oh man! I play games to learn how to shoot bows. On the twelfth uh, of August, nineteen fifty-two, the night of the murdered poets. Thirteen prominent Jewish in- intellectuals are murdered in Moscow, Russia, Soviet Union. Man, that that was a very that was a tragic day. It was. On the 12th of August, 1981, the IBM personal computer is released. It was created by a team of engineers and designers under the direction of Philip Don Estrange of the IBM Entry Systems Design in Bokov Rutten, Florida. Bokov Rutten. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Uh, interesting factor is the I the, the professional name is it is the IBM model five one five zero. Interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, and to our remembrances on the twelfth of August, eighteen forty eight, George Stevenson, English civil engineer and mechanical engineer, renowned as the father of railways. Stevenson was considered by the Victorians a great example of diligent application and thirst for improvement. Self-help advocate Samuel Smiles. That's got to be the... <laughs> Samuel Smiles. He was uh, a happy chap. <laughs> particularly praised his achievements. His chosen rail gauge, sometimes called Stevenson gauge, was the basis for the four feet, eight, eight and a half inches, which is 1,435 millimeters standard gauge used by most of the world's railways. Pioneered by Stevenson, rail transport was one of the most important technological inventions of the 19th century and a key component of the Industrial Revolution. How tall are you, DJ? Hmm? How tall are you, DJ? If you were lying down on a standard gauge track, would you fit between the wheels? Oh, no. Okay. Depends if he lies long ways or crossways. (laughs) (laughs) He died from pleurisy at the age of 67 in Chesterfield, Derbyshire. And thus, everyone keeps saying, always take the train. Uh, on the 12th of August, 1914, George Philip Holland, Irish engineer who developed the first submarine to be formally commissioned by the US Navy and the first Royal Navy submarine, Holland 1. This was the first submarine to have power to run submerged for any considerable distance and the first to combine electric motors for submerged travel and gasoline engines for the use on the surface. He died from pneumonia at the age of 72 in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, 12th of August, 1955, James B. Sumner, American chemist. He discovered the enzymes can be crystallized, for which he shared the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1946 with John Howard Northrup and Wendell Meredith Stanley. He was also the first to prove that enzymes are proteins. He died from cancer at the age of 67 in Buffalo, New York. You reckon he was a Buffalo soldier? Oh, <laughs> No, he was clearly a scientist, not a soldier. All right. Um, famous birthdays. Oh, yay. On the 12th of August, 1887, Erwin Schrodinger, a Nobel Prize winning Aust- Austrian um, physician, physicist who developed a number of fundamental results in the field of quantum theory. The, Fr- the Schrodinger equation provides a way to calculate the wave function of a system and how it changes dramatically dynamically in time. In addition, he was the author of many works in various fields of physics, statistical mechanics and thermodynamics, physics of dielectrics, color theory, electrodynamics, general relativity, and cosmology. And he made several attempts to construct a unified field theory. He paid great attention to the philosophical aspects of science, ancient and oriental philosophical concepts, ethics, and religions. He also wrote on philosophy and theological biology. He's also ah, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, he's also known for his Schrodinger's cat thought experiment. But did he? Uh oh. <laughs> did he uh, or was it? Because we won't know if we don't take it out of the box. <laughs> I got an idea. Why don't we give that thought experiment to the uh, everybody wants to everybody wants to be a cat podcast? Do not talk yeah. about killing cats in front of them. It won't end well for you, DJ. <laughs> just, let's just remember last time you offered them something. <laughs> he was born in Vienna. <laughs> Look, if you piss them off and they try to kill you, I'm not. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, on the 12th of August tw- uh, 1918, Guy Gibson was a distinguished bomber in the Royal Air Force during the Second World War. The library will be closing in 30 minutes. And once again, the uh, voice on the radio is come through to tell the DJ to get lost. Yes, uh, he was the com- first commanding officer on number 617 Squadron, which he led in the Dam Busters raid in 1943, resulting in the destruction of two large dams in the Rar area. Rua. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, he was awarded the Victorian Cross, the highest award for gallantry in the face of the enemy that can be awarded to the to British and Commonwealth forces in the aftermath of the raid in May 1943 and became the most highly decorated British serviceman at that time. He completed over 170 war operations before dying in action at the age of 26. He was born in Simla. Uh, 12th yeah, of August. saying that. You know, can have fun saying the next name. <laughs> Good luck. 12th of August, 1930. Shark's tits. A Belgian boar born French mathematician who works on, who works on group theory and the incidence geometry. He introduced tits building, the tits alternative, and the, the tits group, and the tits metric. Dear God. And <laughs> <laughs> and now, folks, just a little side note here. The DJ thought he was going to be dropping this one on us. Yeah, he picked it specifically so that we had to say something about <laughs> He was born in Uckle. <laughs> and finally, the events of interest. The 12th of August, 1990. Uh, Sue, the largest and most complete Tyrannosaurus ter- Rex skeleton found to date, is discovered by Sue Hickson in South Dakota. Is It is one of the largest, most expensive, and best-preserved Tyrannosaurus Rex specimens ever found, at over 90% recovered by bulk. It's the most expensive T-Rex, is it? Expen- extensive. Oh, expensive and extensive. Because I think it was sold to an auction for a very high price. That would probably be worth a lot, being the most complete T Rex. And it's like, I want to see how much was how much was it sold for? More than you'll ever afford. Ah, uh, more actually. Uh, here we go. Uh, three point eight point three million, the highest amount ever paid for a dinosaur fossil. Just a little bit. On the twelfth of August, fourteen ninety two. Uh, Christopher Columbus arrives at the Canary Islands for his first voyage to the New World. Uh, 12th of August, 1865, Joseph Lister, British surgeon and scientist, performs first antiseptic surgery. He did it by applying a piece of lint dipped in carbolic acid solution onto the wound of a seven-year-old boy at Glasgow Infirmary who had sustained a compound fracture after a cartwheel had passed over his leg. Ouch. After four days, he renewed the pad and discovered that there is no infection had developed. And after a total of six weeks, he was amazed to discover that the boy's bones had fused back together. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure he didn't say ouch, though. I'm pretty sure he might have said something else. Yeah. First you have your leg run over, then your acid put into your wound. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Um, yeah. The pronunciation for Jacques? Yeah, it's Jacques Tets. Tets. Ah, uh-huh. um, I just just looked it up online, and in Cora, there's a person who's claiming to be his great grandniece, and she finds it quite offensive when people mispronounce it. So it's Tets. It's not the same as um. It's not bucket. It's bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> we are so dead. 
No, I only you. You're the one that was um, being profane and <laughs> insulting. So all, well, all the ladies who were offended, it was the DJ. Nah, it's honestly, I only looked it up just out of curiosity, just at the last second. So, uh, anything else from you, Professor? That's all I have. We have anyone for a shout out this week? Is from TNC. Um, there's everybody wants to be a cat. If you don't want to murder cats like the DJ, <laughs> I don't want to murder a cat. <laughs> Why were you talking about it? Well, there was a Schrodinger's experiment. It's a thought, it's you know, Schrodinger's cat. Everybody wants to be a cat, you know. Now go back to work on the AI. You can't just go, cat, everybody wants to be a cat. It doesn't work like that. You're gonna get <laughs> people angry at us, yeah, because some people want to be dogs, <laughs> like the boys, like the boys and girls on Flu from Papa. Ah, that's gonna be fun. Uh, so anything, any plan, any anything special on the weekend, guys? Um, I'm Maybe playing D and D. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I expect a full after action report, Buck. Certainly. Uh, I'm just going to be working my assignments. And you, Professor, what have you, what have you got? A LAN party. Ooh, very nice, very nice. Anyways, uh, that's all from us this week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at nAmalgamated. Uh, you can find, you can email us at nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. You can find us on that'snotcanon.com where we have an archive of our old episodes. Uh, and, you can also, and some merchandise. Oh, yes. Merchandise. Uh, in the run-up to Supernova, we'll be coming up with some new merchandise and hope to hear from you soon about the merchandise idea. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and any other all your platforms you can look up. Um, anyways, from all of us, see you guys. Remember to take care and look out for each other and stay hydrated. Right. We'll see you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market